Hey, everybody. Hey, hey Jack. Jack. Clap in. How's it going? How's your that. mom's yeah, house, bud? Right. It's been a while. <laughs> How's your mom's <laughs> house, bud? Mom's house is nice great, of man. you to join us again. I'm Jay. so glad that there was another dog. There's two dogs, actually. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, that's great. Ooh, two dogs. Nice. How's your dad? Is he still ordinary? Yeah, he probably. He just got himself a new uh, lawnmower, so I think he's looking forward to just cruising that. Riding? That, uh, yeah, riding mower. Hell man. yeah. Driving Ooh. around his, his yard. Can't wait for those white New Balances that to have new the whip. grass stains. Yeah, he, neither can he. He's 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 really <laughs> leading his Forrest Gump life. Hey, tavern goers. Jelly. <laughs> hey, tavern goers. Welcome back to Torchlit Tavern. We are a real play TTRPG D20 based podcast. Against all we odds. all get to know way too much about my family because I went on a brief vacation. Uh, uh, today, how dare, you missed two recordings. In, in the same you. day, but you missed two recordings. Missed one recording. I was there for all of the goof reel, sir. <laughs> I was in that. Thank you very you much. You weren't in the intro. It doesn't count. Oh, I see. Fair. But I am here now. My name is Jameson Oxford. Today, I will be your game master. The game of today, because we like to, to change it up, and today's tabletop game is going to be Snakes and Ladders, in honor of the fact that you might be attacked by both today. Snakes Wait, and ladders? We're gonna be in a TLC match and no one told me? I mean, you were warned last session. I know that was months ago at this point behind the curtain. It's been a bit. Yeah, no recording. one warned me about the ladders. They warned me about well, the I, my, so, I myself so, prefer eels and escalators. Yeah, it's way more likely that nine will be attacked by the ladders, but I will eels. say that your chances are not zero. Never zero. I'd like to say that your chances are never zero. You're attacked by a ladder. Indeed. So, yeah. So, like, so jot that down. Definitely one side. You guys <laughs> probably snakes. Him probably ladders, but don't don't rest on your laurels. Either may happen to both of you. I, I'm rolling. I'm rolling your first d6 to see if you guys land on shoots or ladders. So uh, the first person who got snake, Jeff. I knew it. We've already been there. It, it feels yeah. so familiar. I got snaked right in the face. Welcome back. Hey, it's Jeff. Thank you for coming. Thanks for coming in. Sit for a spell. Have yourself pour yourself a nice port at the tavern. Just kidding. It's a tavern. Don't pour yourself shit. Jay's gonna serve you. Yeah, pour yourself a starbird instead. <laughs> so have Solid. you get yourself a stiff drink and Solid. uh you know i'll be playing Rayisk, your uh kreskin rogue and something else maybe so we'll see how that goes who else bellied up to the bar today well apparently uh mitch got the ladder so escalators it's a me a mitch <laughs> Still better than Chris that one, That's not the voice. <laughs> still, still. I know. I, I, see, I hit neither. I hit neither. Look, I love that movie. <laughs> all right. It was, it was a lot of fun. I, still I enjoyed it a lot. Baby loved that movie. That movie that's all is that matters. definitely not in theaters. By the time I tell you this, go see it in theaters with your kids. Oh, yeah. It might be. Depends where you go. Oh, and theater. I play a dude playing a dude who's another dude, but now he's just the one dude. His name is Adairu. He's a barbarian, but he wants to be a druid, but he's not a druid. But he does have a magic sword that makes him like a druid, but he's not. P.S. Daddy's coming. Concise. He's ah. a druid in all things but stats. In all things but anything. Uh, and I rolled a, a, on this d6, uh, Ryan. I, I rolled you a one, which I can only assume is a snake. So you are going to be attacked by ladders and snakes Eels. today. Okay. Uh, hey, gang. It's me. It's Ryan. I'm back to play number nine and 9.1 and 9.2. And wait, hold on. We're going to have to play all three. All three. You wouldn't know it because it's not my voice. Yeah. Because I put it through a modulator. Whoa. Shit. I know. Modulation. It's crazy. T 
technology. Technology. You're I'm right, ready. I'm here. I play a uh, warforged artificer, and I'm ready to make some stuff, maybe do the shoot. Yeah. These are the people that I work with. Uh, we, uh, we, we do our best around here. If you <coughs> want us to do yeah. better, good luck. But, you know, money helps. I know that if we, uh, if we could focus up on the concept that this could pay our bills, that'd be the dream. I'm sure everybody who has a podcast gives you a similar spiel. But, hey, give me money. We have a Patreon. It's Torchlit Tavern backslash Patreon. We also have a Ko-Fi. It's Torchlit Tavern backslash Ko-Fi. Yeah, coffee, Ko-Fi. I still don't know how to pronounce it. I, I don't, don't either. I don't really care. Um, but Just I do care in it. if you guys enjoy our show. Even if you don't want to give us money, I would love to have your feedback. If you're listening to the show and there's something that bothers you and yet you still listen, well, one, you're the fucking winner. Or we, we, we're the winner for having someone like you who's willing to listen to us even if we're annoying you. But maybe we'll fix that. Maybe we'll get better. Send us uh, an email at torchlittavern at gmail.com. We'll answer eventually. Uh, you might be surprised how quickly we answer because yeah, for whatever reason, we all are looking at that email account all the time. It's true. Uh, so just wanted to throw that out there. You can contact us. We try to be social. Some of us are better at yeah. it than others. Me. Yeah. You can also so contact us at our Twitter and our TikTok. And, and you Instagram can contact us on our Facebook, but like so I don't know how quick anybody will go back to on Facebook. We know that social media is awful, and we brave all of it so that you don't have to do more than one to get hold of us. Whichever one you do suffer, that's where you can get hold of us. We're even on Facebook. We don't go on there as much anymore, but we are I still was there. Muted. We're not. On, we even have join us on Discord on Tumblr. We're on yeah, Facebook. We Facebook sucks. Instagram. Hey, fun fact: I'm pretty sure I did get us a Tumblr. Just so we could get that name. Did you really? I think I did. We're on Facebook. That. You can try to message us there. Send me but that Facebook login. I'll fuck around not that. Tell us <laughs> that we've been messaged. So we're not likely to respond to that. It's not personal. Facebook business sucks. You can even check the Instagram and watch a bunch of weird shit. Discord, though. Seriously, we, we dump memes. We hang out. We talk about episodes. That's There's the best Twitch way channel? you want to interact with us. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Join us on the Twitch. You can see you can see these beautiful faces in person. Well. Through a video. Sort of. We're supposed to sell this. <laughs> not anyway. Um, that's it. I just want to try to throw that every now and then. We try not to do it all the time because I find it repetitive. But uh, I hear and obnoxious. It's supposed to be good for promotion, which we're bad at. Jeff, what else do we repeat every episode? Oh, every episode. I don't know. There's this one thing that we say. I think it goes. Oh, last time on Torchlit Tavern, black powder. Black powder. Black powder. Black powder. Bang. Look, look, when you're loading a charge, especially a powder charge, especially an old-fashioned powder charge, it's incredibly difficult to determine exactly when the discharge will occur, which is why firing lines were dangerous, because sometimes you'd even have muskets not go off until after they had leveled their rifle back into the upright position or towards their own party, because when 75 guns go off next to you, you honestly don't know. Black powder. Black powder. Black powder. I'm going to use Nine's gun lance for the first time ever. I didn't think you were going to bring explosives into the mix right off the bat. Well, you didn't say it was a stealth mission. This That's is going to be another 20. I'm down. Two. <laughs> you don't know what happens because everything goes dark or not. I came here to get answers. And it appears that Carval is a handsome half-elven man in his early 30s. He is broad-shouldered, he has dark brown hair, and he greets you guys with an easy smile. 
I hope that I do not have a problem with you and yours. But <sighs> Sarah told me Eric showed up wounded a few days ago. But I yes, I am, I am aware of the attack. I know that there are druids there. Druids of the circle. There were two bodies remain. I have someone I'd like you to meet later. He's a, a Kreskin. He's been with us for quite some time. Maybe he can convince you to stay. Where's the monster? Uh, we beat it, gal. It's uh, it's alright. Okay. Um, is everyone okay? Yeah, yeah every, everyone's okay. Finnbogg goes, yeah, I, I'm, I'm alright. And, uh, and then he tries to step forward and the floor underneath him just cracks and he collapses right through it from all the damage from the ooze. And uh, you are greeted with what appears to be an old, like, living quarters. And uh, your guess would be a Fist of Newman stayed here. Interesting. And uh, you also find a book. As you as you read the title, it just says the Journal of Mark of Cloverport. Okay, is that supposed to mean anybody anything to somebody? Because it doesn't Not mean to shit you. to me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember a lot of your youth, but you remember Squiggle Line Yellow Blue. He's your cousin. Cousin. He, he just drops the spear. He, he, he looks at you, and I ask you now, uh, what was Rask's name in Crestkin? A circle made of made of eight of uh, figure eights. It, it's, been, it's been nearly a decade since you've seen laughter from one of your people. And he reaches out and he hugs you again. And when he laughs, you also notice that from behind his body, a long scaled tail that ends in wicked barbs and spikes. Um, a gift from apotheosis. I see you have a similar thing. And he pats you on your back where the claws are. They put us both through a lot. And you see that there's like wetness in his eyes as he, as he pulls you in tight. More than anyone other than us could know. Not too much farther, it's just up over this hill right here. Point two, you're picked up by the winds and thrown into a bush. And from the woods, march a handful of shifters being led by a man in furs from head to toe my eyes go wide as i look at the leadership here your friends are in trouble we should go hey point one you got a phone call point one yeah hello let me tell you a story what because I, cause I'm traveling alone right now, and I. How did you get this number? Uh, just, look. I don't want any. I, I don't have the number. I just knew you, so I sent you a message using but my phone. Tell, tell me your story, but then take me off the list. Okay, fine. <laughs> oh, do you, can I have his number? After the story, I'm interested. Let me tell you a story. A silly rumor told me that once there was a man known as Mark of Cloverport from the small port city north of Silesian's capital. He had come to make his name and to become a hero. He came to become a Fist of Newman. He rose quickly within the structured halls of the Holy Order of the Sun God, and inevitably he became the best of all of them, helping the lands of Silesian by leading the charge of heroism that kept back the beasts and evils of the world. And soon he found there were no more demons to banish or dragons to drive from the lands of his people and the worst thing that can happen to a man of action came unto him. He won. The champion of Newman, Mark of Cloverport, went into semi-retirement and spent his time watching over the border villages of his people. It was here, years later, that he ran into the elf, Bloodgrip, a member of a small group of cutthroats and gangsters. 
slowly gaining a foothold of power in the outer reaches of the Celestian Empire. The heroes of Santitas made a splash, arriving in a town plagued by wildlings and hill giants, and whatever darkness crept from the old temple from some ancient god that people knew was out in the woods, but never went to. You know the kind of place I'm talking about. And these heroes ran out the giants, and scared off the wildlings, and plumbed the depths of the temple, and brought back gold and safety to the ravaged and beleaguered people of Santitas. The people loved them, and Mark of Cloverport showed up in town thinking to shake the hands of heroes, like he used to know in his glory days. But Mark was of a different time, a paladin of an older order, when the party lines of the universe were cut and dried, and men like him could smell the corruption upon those of ill intent. A man from his time had a duty to find the enemy that stayed hidden in the dark corners of the twisted world, and upon meeting Bloodgrip, surrounded by helpful charm and easy smiles, he saw into the twisted heart of him, and all of these heroes, immediately. The people loved them, however, and though they did their darker work in secret, Mark of Cloverport, the ex-fist of Newman, watched them and how did their work in Santitas until they left the area to head to Bree. After which Mark flew to the capital, mighty Griffinport, to speak to his people, the Numenites, of an evil he felt growing, and using his history and their respect for him, he mustered a small army of fists, the likes of which hadn't been seen since the dark days after the Cataclysm. He drove them fast after those heroes of Santitas, and caught them in the midst of summoning a great evil into the world. Found the one who led them commuting with a dark lord of the five hells, trying to secure their hellish bargains, and in doing so, brought about a terrible battle within an unknown cave. Good and evil met, the fire of Numen against the rapidly growing dark weeds of Portis and Mar. Sadly, I can't tell you what happened to end that fight, only that the juiciest rumors say that the magics unleashed there forced a terror in reality that sucked them all into hell. But that's just rumor and market gossip. There's never any proof of it in the end, especially seeing as the heroes of Griffinport resurfaced soon after, likely having kept low after having to kill a goodly portion of the most powerful of the church's fighting men. Without Mark constantly hounding them anymore, they quickly took over the underworld in Portis and Mark, bought off the King of Bree, or some such, and the rest of the story is quietly known by those who never let go of silly rumors. Thanks. I'll take me off the list. Yeah, doing it right now. Thank you. Mark Cloverport sounds like a racist. <laughs> Every paladin in third edition was. I know. <laughs> yes. That's that's why. Old guard Numenite also. Yep. Old guard yeah, I mean, like I said, back in the day, people were evil because of their skin tone, okay? It's not his fault. It's what the book said. So at Jay's own admission, Mark of Cloverport was a racist. That makes him invalid. Blood Grip was probably a cool dude. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, says the guy who was in that campaign. Shut up, Jeff! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, point two. What do you do after you make your call? Uh, I'm with how many soldiers? There's like four or five of them. One of them hit a tree and did not get up after the wind hit you all. Um, you said one of our guys ran into a tree? And did not get up. Yeah, one of the peacemakers that you're that point two is with. I'm going to I would like to quickly check around me to make sure no one is like on top of me about to attack me and then I'm going to check on him. Yeah. So one of the things that had happened last time was that you were immediately picked up by winds. It scattered the peacemakers. One of them hit a tree and is not moving. You got dumped into a bush where no one can see you because point two is very small. So no one is aware of point two's presence yet. 
other than the peacemakers and particularly the one that can see you who is also hiding in some brush with you. He seems to be about to start scrapping with these people because they think they need to buy time for the for the settlement. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So you're good from where you are right now. Okay. I would like to roll stealth. Okay, do it. You can do that. What What oh, is yeah. your goal with the stealth roll? Uh, to stay hidden while I check on this man. Okay. Person. That is a 14 plus 2. All right. Keep that stealth roll in mind. 16 total, yes? Yes. That is how well you're hidden uh, for okay. the rest of this, it, you know, encounter here. You make it to him fine. No one is looking for you yet. The, the grass here is tall. Point two has no issues moving around. You check his pulse. He is alive, but knocked out. Is he well hidden? Um, not particularly. He just sort of landed in a heap on top of the grass, which smashed the grass down. Is he pretty built? Do you think I could, could, could point two possibly drag this person? What is point two strength score? <laughs> negative three. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Actually, it's a four, but I have negative. That negative three is my modifier. So no. Okay, I'm going. Well, he's alive. I'm going to run. Uh, just to give you an idea of point two and the and how much they can carry. An orange. Four times 15. You can carry 60 pounds. Oh, okay. Not, That's more than I was expecting. Yeah, it's just not awful, but it's certainly not a body. It's definitely not a person. No. You can carry up to <laughs> 100. His wallet and runs. You could drag a 120 pound person. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna, just gonna check to make sure he's alive and I'm gonna bail. Okay. If, if, if point two bails, Good call. point two gets away. If they, if at this stage in the early s moments here, point two bails, you get away. As you check him, the last things you see is all these shifters running out of the woods. Uh, I described a couple of druids stepping forward. You can recognize them because that they, they are covered in these furs. Uh, there's actually three of them. One of them appears to be a Goliath who is being talked to by the one who spoke at the end of the last episode, who seems to be a half-elven person. He's covered in furs. The other one is just naked from the torso up and is a Goliath. And then finally, there's one that looks more like a a dwarf covered in mud, like like they just are caked in dried earth. And that's the gl glimpse you get as you run away and the shifters and the peacemakers meet in battle do i do i uh catch a glimpse of our maimed dog friend yes yeah you okay. do see maynard you see maynard you do not see the ones that uh aderu has referred to as kayla or ashlyn okay i'm gonna say you see maynard i'm gonna say you see teddy and i'm gonna say you see uh the pangolin because they're all alive i believe none of them died yeah pangolin what do we name the pangolin again arthur Arthur. Or Artie. Yeah, I just so, uh, loved, I love the shifters are named Maynard, Teddy, and Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny to me. So as, as Nine runs away, he just sees, like, shifters and druids popping out of the tall grass and murking people. Point two gets away back at the camp. You guys were just getting ready to, like, have this, like, awkward feast. Like, I don't Believe, know if you guys yeah. have settled in yet. Sure, whatever you want to do. But they were getting ready to eat a feast, and they had invited you to it. Baytalk is, like, telling Reyes, the food, the food here is very good. But that was when the phone call came in. And the last thing that had happened was that you had met, said out loud to the people nearby, including Carval. Cakes? That we're under attack. <laughs> um, Yeah. Point two informs us of this attack, and uh, I think I, I I look at 
I look to um, just everybody has kind of stopped. There was like some. It was starting to get jovial and laughter, and everybody at the table. There's this hush silence. Carval is standing at one end of this this table full of food. Well, fuck. I look to to a day and I go. Should we go? And there just holds his hand up like to stop talking. Take your people and flee with them. Leave your things. Leave all your things. Just run. If you want them to be living, run. I'll be buying your time. A lot of people kind of have it out, like, uproar at that, like, leave your shit behind. You see a lot of people start to complain. Carvel Carvel just takes his hands and, like, shuts everybody down. He's right. We need to go. We need to go now. Take what food you can fit in your pockets and packs and go. Reyes, hold this for me. And uh, Adairu hands you the magic reindeer. Uh, I I take it and I go, Aren't you going to need this? Call it insurance. I must go. Take care, Fred. I will see you soon, hopefully. Take care of your new friends. Are you certain? And Adairu leaves. Like sprints, just bolts. Adairu? Adairu? What does Reyes do? He takes a sword to Pawn Stars. They tell him it's worth $75. Fuck! Hell yeah. <laughs> I was really trying to get... $500 for this? Best I can do is 200 I have to make a profit. Um, so I sling this thing over my back or attach it to my belt or however the fuck this thing works. I don't know. It's fucking magic. What do you want to do, man? Yeah, I just fucking... I, you know what? I just grab it with my other hand. I, it's a risky maneuver, but I do it. Um, cool. That was the least important thing that you did. What do you do? I look to everyone and I go, Quickly! He is... Doing what he can. Let us move. And I start just like helping people move, like directing people, helping, helping Baytok, because he's obviously kind of a little on the slow side. Yeah, Baytok starts shuffling around. Immediately, Carval looks at some of the people who are scattering. They're trying to go grab their things. And he's like, I need your help to get them to do what they need to do. They can't bring their things. Use your, you to get them moving. And uh, I'm going to have you, if you help him, you'll roll a intimidation or a persuasion check of your choice to try to get these people, you know, moving along. Yeah, sure. Charisma's not really my thing, but it's sure. whatever you want to do. Uh, you can change that skill if you think it it's valid, but you can tell me what it is. Um, let's look at the skills. No, no, intimidation's kind of my thing. Okay, yeah, let's go for it. 19. Right. You, you head off a handful of families that try to go get their like they were mostly like broken down they're like we'll just go grab it it's ready to go it's gonna be they're gonna be moving too slow you head them off and you what do you say to them your stuff or your life move fine 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 and they like this this group just peels off and everybody starts getting ready to run point two as you get away you get clear and you start running through the grass and you get maybe a quarter mile before the Goliath's side, the, the Goliath, not even Goliath's size, Goliath druid that you saw floats up over the top of the trees and starts flying toward the camp. You know that uh, when you and Aderu and Reyes came here, it took you like three, four hours to travel over here. It, be- it was already late when you found the camp and then it was midnight by the time you got out there. So your hope was that they would have a few hours, but the way this guy's moving, he's going to be there very quickly. Widely regarded as a dick move. Yes. Uh, you watch going... as, like, the bottom half of him is like a tornado, and he's flying out towards Yeah, him. as I, I'm going to immediately jump into a bush when I hear him coming. Okay. And then uh, I would like to send off another message. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't notice you at all. What do you tell, what do you tell them? Do-ba-doo! He's coming! Fast! Who's 
Adara, you would get that message as well. From where? Uh, so I'm trying to leave the, I'm sprinting out of the encampment. I get like 10 feet outside and my phone goes off. And then goes, shit. And then he runs back, finds the first person. You, give this to the desk. Hands them the phone and then leaves. I am fuck. not being found with that shit in my pockets. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sure. Yeah, but I, I am not going to see mom and dad just, with contraband. Just some fucking halfling like, okay. Yeah. Risk as your weird. as your corralling people, a, a halfling walks up and hands you fucking Adaru's phone as well. Um, your friend told me to give you this. I I take it and go run. <laughs> <laughs> I just let the second one orbit my head, and now two of them going around. Hey, Adaru, is there any other uh, knickknacks you'd like to remove from your pockets before we? Go? <laughs> any other knickknacks, paddywhacks? He didn't even think like of that one. Bones? Point two just reminded him. <laughs> All right. I, um, I'm sure I have other contraband that'll get me in trouble later. There's like an hour that goes by as you bu- as you respectively run towards and away from this danger. Reyes, do you change what you're doing at all, or do you just help wrangle people and go with Carval? Um, I help wrangle people, but I also make sure that I'm like the last one out. Okay. You have dark vision, but it's not like it's not like you can see far in the night still. Like even with the dark vision, and when you peer out the direction he ran. You just see this very, like, barely lit, barely moonlit world. He's already outside of your field of vision. You can't see where he's gone, and you have no idea if he needs your help. I stand there reluctant, the last one in the camp, as as I made sure everybody gets out. But after not extremely long, I move with the people. All right. Risk, you move, you, you, you follow after the people as they're just sort of heading toward, uh, they're, they're hopping over the stream, and he realizes they're moving over land, they're trying to cross this ford. Some of them are old, some of them are kids. You realize that immediately, this group cannot move very fast, and a lot of them do not seem to be woodsmen of any kind. You realize that your help might be really important coming up. Coming up. They're going to need help moving through the wilderness, if nothing else. And while you weren't the best woodsman in the party, you were looking at this group going, you might be the best woodsman here. Yeah, absolutely. As I watched them sort of fumble their way through nature, I I immediately jumped to trying to help them. They need the help, and they provided, you know, one of my kind shelter. I, I, owe, I owe them that much, so I help them. Carval leads them north actually back towards Santitas because of the way they've been driven by this? Um, back towards Santitas? For now. That's just the direction we're heading at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I kind of, I'm not going to tell Carval where to lead them, and I think I'm still, I think the best help I can be is in the back. If, one, something happens to come up this way, and two, this is where all the slow people are anyway. So sure. the people who need the help, are back here. Yeah, if someone ju- falls behind, he can just assassinate him, and then the whole group by median speeds up. That That's is true. Historically, the way he usually helped. Um, <laughs> but no. Uh, so, like I said, is there a skill or something that you'd like to apply so we can do a dice roll for this because we're playing a TTRPG? Uh, it sounds like you're. Um, are you trying to uh, just help people move? Or are you trying to hide tracks? What's the plan? Um. I feel like this is a decent size encampment and hiding tracks would be very difficult. Um, I think that uh, the better move is to just kind of help people move and direct them to the the easiest or best routes from like where, not necessarily along whatever path, but, you know, like through the brush and stuff like that. Try to help people through things 
And that feels like a survival roll to me. Yeah, sure. Go, give me a survival. Let's make it with disadvantage because there's just, like you said, so many to help. Okay, well, starting off strong with a 17. And then we get an 11. So 11 plus 3, 14. Still not bad. You, like, at a certain point, you've got to pick up one of the one of the like the slower like kids but otherwise like you you help people out you find the people who are flagging in the back solid footing as they move through this uh semi-marshy area and you guys quickly make it into the safety of the woodland to the north of where they were and you turn and look back to where you last saw a deru and once again you can't see him out in the dark i keep an errant eye i'm waiting for the shooter drop, because I'm either going to see a Deru come follow us, which is uh, probably part of the reason that I'm not trying to get rid of all these tracks, or I'm going to see whatever he didn't finish find us. You, um, you, you, you notice a, like, as you gaze off into the, into the plains, you notice, like, a faint glow coming from the scabbard of the sword. Um, I look at the sword, and I say, I hear you can talk. No answer, come. Probably requires attunement. I don't have the time. Adaru, about an hour running along the ground here, um, you see, floating in the distance, a druid that you m- roll a history check. Uh, would you say that this is a pretty heavy, pretty heavy impact for this this roll? I think it always is when you roll. Uh, what's your position? Is that, uh, risky? That's a shit standard. roll. That's what that is. Standard. <laughs> yeah, standard control. Ah, I rolled an eight, and I add my bonus. That's seven. Wow. You have never seen this person. Doing great. You are guessing this is a druid by its clothing and and uh, an ability to fly using the very wind. Uh, otherwise, you've never heard of a Goliath druid member of the circle, and you see him flying in your direction toward the camp. The very grass beneath him is just getting, like, flattened from the gale force winds that erupt from below his feet as he is zooming off in your direction. Right, let me consult my, uh... Let me consult my options here. Make sure I make the best possible tactical decision. As he shakes the magic eight ball? I don't have a flare gun. Alright, so when he flies over, I'm just gonna throw a bag of caltrops into the tornado. <laughs> <laughs> And just rustle his jimmies. Jesus. Yeah. So rustled. I do 1d4 damage and just get rustled. deleted instantly. Yeah, no. Um, well, in, in lack of a better option, I fall back to an old uh, an old standby. Hello! You see it. He sort of pauses in midair, glances your way, and adjusts course slightly to head in your direction. And landing in front of you is a very dark gray-skinned, muscular... Seven and a half foot tall Goliath dude gently lands, skips a little bit, and lands in front of you. Or mm, I need a voice for him. Hang on, you just came from Georgia. I want to see Louisiana crawfish making Goliath. Well, well, those two things are. I, I did come from both, but those statements were not tied. Um, because if you want me to speak like a Georgian, <laughs> then I need yeah, to speak yeah. like a Georgian. I, That's I, fucking I want, cray, I want crayfish bacon, Louisiana making. I haven't spoken with a Georgian accent since I was like seven years old, but fuck yeah. Let me see if I can put a little gravel in it, though. I was, you know, I haven't spoken like a Georgian for seven years since I was seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so he lands next to you and he looks you and he looks you up and down 
mostly down. And he says, "Down and downer." That's down true. And Odero down. is Odero is short compared to a normal person. Definitely in front of a Goliath. He's a standard size, but Goliaths are gigantic. Ah, uh, technically they're medium. He he looks you up and down, and he like recognizes that you're a shifter. And then you see the gears click, and he's like, "Are you the one we know as Odero?" Probably, though I can't be saying I recognize you. You've not heard of Odenrot? Well, that's Miss Shame. I'm Odenrot, Druid of the Circle. You here to try to kill me like all the other ones, or you be willing to listen to me talk? Well, maybe a little column A, a little column B, but column B comes first, don't it? Go ahead and tell me what's been happening. What brings you out here? You know there's been a massacre around the corner. Looking into that's what's been bringing me out here. And if you'll be finding it, it means I've been doing my job right. Truly. It was hidden from us. I found uh, a bit of these things. And he tosses out the broken stick. What is that? I don't know. But uh, when you walk, when you be walking through woods near one, it makes your head get all jumbled up. If you be a shifty. And I'm thinking that's why we haven't been finding it. I see. How long ago did you find this? Was it like a day? Not even. <laughs> like it's been maybe uh, uh, 10 hours total. Tops, maybe. The earlier part of today. It's been a long day for you. You guys traveled for a day, found this, and kept going, and haven't had a chance to, like, sleep. Earlier part of today. Late morn, probably. I was coming around looking for things, because y'all keep telling me that I be doing the impossible, and I need to prove otherwise. Maynard told me that you... We're trying to find evidence that you didn't do the crime. So you're being seen it? Yeah. I'm I'm likely to believe you, but I'm not gonna say that Ikauk is as malleable. But it's good news that we found this, because it doesn't look like you did. I don't think you're capable of ice, fire, wind, and rain, right? The only thing I know that I did is blow up that big old stick in that metal thing's hand. I sabotaged that before we part ways. I tried I to set it up for you. A nice clean fight. Alright. He looks out behind you. Like, where'd you come from? What's back there? Been scouting around with me tools, looking for other things, looking for this primacy. You thought the primacy was out here? Passing in, uh, where do we pass the checkpoint? Uh, the checkpoint that was like another. The yeah, because we ducked, we ducked the primacy checkpoint like a oh. day ago. Yeah, it's, it's we, to the north, yes. like a day and a half at this point from where you are. I can't say where exactly they'll be, but we passed a checkpoint just a day northward. Uh, at this point, you've definitely, um, not been honest about what was, uh, where, where you're coming from. Give me that deception check. <laughs> I ain't lied. I ain't lied yet, boy. 19. Ooh. Plus stuff. What's stuff? 24. Ooh. You see, he kind of pinches his eyes and he's like, you think the promise you did this? I kinda say I know what did this. The primacy I be sent in this way. They were all half starved, half dead, waiting on water. There'd be no way they could have been doing what they did here. I don't even think they had a proper inquisitor. A short dwarf thing. But nothing be doing ice. Nothing be doing ice be sitting around for days. And you didn't find anything to the north then, huh? Alright, fine. Save me a flight. You come back with me, we're gonna go talk to Calc. I'll put in a good word for you. I like Maynard. Maynard put in a good word for you. I'll be doing Maynard. my best to the right by the circle. I mightn't believe that. Come on. We're going back. And, uh, uh, come on and go back. One last thing, though. You found the antler. Aye. Been fashioned into a blade. So you found it. Aye. Where is it? Hidden. You didn't keep it with you. Consider it security. Last time I tried to be talking to one of you circle folk about the antler, you just straight tried to kill me. I ain't looking to have that kind of thing. I'm hoping by not having it here, I don't have to come into no tussle with you. <laughs> didn't want to tussle with. Fair enough. All right. Um, all right. Hold tight. And he picks you up unceremoniously and flies back 
Um, point two, it doesn't take you long before you see the large Goliath figure appear in the sky again. And uh, roll me a perception check with point two. Okay. Yeah, I did initially want to note that, like, as soon as he passed over, I kept going. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's a two. Yeah. You don't... You, you see him, you're, you're like, oh, that's weird, he came back. Oh, no, maybe he killed everybody already. <laughs> oh, that was quick. Oh, that was quick. Oh, that was quick, yeah. Yeah, I see, I see that he's coming back. I immediately jump into another bush, and then... <laughs> Just cover your eyes. <laughs> and then, uh, no, and then I send yet another message. Okay. See, and that's why I ditched the phone. <laughs> do Yes. We're fine. Hopefully, Ajayu is handling it. Head towards the camp and keep moving. If you see tracks, follow them. Aderu, doesn't take long before uh, you come to the edge of the woods where the shifters have just finished mopping up the peacemakers. Oh, thank God. You Did watch. I didn't have to deal with that. Not, nothing to that. Yeah, sure. Your 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 lack of respect for human life is noted. Uh, pe- the peacemakers. Wait, even my guy. Um, yeah, man, he jumped back into the fight. Idiot. Uh, you show up and there's one of them tied up. We'll we'll, we'll say your guy is tied up. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Damn it, Ryan. They're, they're questioning him. Yeah. When you appear with fuck that might be worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, with Odinrot, you 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 land and you are greeted by two more druids, uh, one of which you definitely know as Ikauk. He is the head of the order, and even though you've never met him, you recognize him. You've also, I'm going to go on a, on a limb and say that you do know of Yugalt, because he's kind of, he stands out. This puddle of a dwarf covered in mud and sticks, you can barely make out his features, and he would blend into the background if it weren't for his smell, which attracts your gaze unwillingly. To the rest of him. That's Yugal. You know that he is... He never talks, uh, but he has typically been sent around to, like, enforce small missions with the shifters. Ikauk, on the other hand, is a man with the skin the color of mahogany, and he looks coldly at you as you arrive. His eyes are steel gray, and his body is covered with a series of pelts, giving him a more impressive size than his elven girth might provide. In his hands, he holds a staff casually... Obviously not necessary to hold his weight, but currently he was using it to lift the head of the peacemaker up while he was uh, trying to ask him questions as you appear on the scene. He turns his head to Odinrot. Odinrot, you've come back already with Aderu. He gazes at you for a long time. Why did you never come back, Aderu? I'm still working. He waits for more. <laughs> like, he just he just stares at you. Last time I ran into one of you, you came for me head and me blood without wanting to be listening. So I'm still working. Still doing what I need to be doing. I got the sword. But then you all tried to kill me for it. It's almost like the circle. One of me trusted lieutenants had enough evidence that he thought you deserved death. It's almost like one of your circle. Had their heads so far up their ass they couldn't see the trees where they'd be growing. Silence, wouldn't be hearing nothing else. No insolence! What is wrong with you? You think you could talk to us that way? Because if you're killing me now, you don't be knowing where your sword is. I was not going to kill you, Adero. It seems that you are innocent. I have been innocent, but that didn't stop of your other friend. Of this crime. 
But you may have other crimes under your belt, insolence being one of them. You still killed a druid. Sukol is dead. People saw it. You will have to pay for that, Adair. But it will not be blind justice. We are not the primacy. What are you doing out here? I am working. That is not an answer. Things. I am unraveling things. I am waiting. I uh, caused a bit of a stir at one of their factories up in the big city. Had to leave to take cover to hide in the woods a bit. Be going back in a few days to be stirring things up a bit more. Kaelith and Ashland said you had the sword. Aye. Where is it? Hidden. Where is it hidden? Now, if I be telling you that, what be making me think you're not just going to be coming to blaze with me like Zuckol did? He always taught us that we need to be surviving, so I've done what I need to do to survive. Maybe a paltry today, but something. Is this just about your survival, Adairu? At present, that takes priority, yes. I can't be doing no work if I'm dead. What did you unravel out here? Were you aware of these? And he points at the, the bodies and the man tied up. The, uh, the peacekeepers, right? Yeah. And it's at this moment that Adairu <laughs> realizes that there's been an hour or so, and he does not know if these guys have talked about anything. I am freshly aware of them, yes. How freshly? What's it been, like two hours? Uh, since you met them all? Like I yeah. said, technically six, or whatever, or like four, four hours? About a handful of hours, met them this evening. They're small, of no consequence, no impact. No impact. And yet, there is a slaughter involving some of our own, only a stone's throw from here. I personally assure you these people are not to blame for that. They are not competent enough to do such a thing. He turns to the the one that he has tied up again, and he's like, are there more of you or not? We were we were cut off. And uh, he, where you realize that the ropes holding him are not ropes. They are vines with wicked thorns. And you watch this man get yanked down tighter to the earth, and he lets out a cry. And uh, we're going to go ahead and roll a couple dice for if this dude is going to uh, cave to, to essentially torture. At first, he doesn't say anything, and then he smiles a little bit and clenches his fist, and you watch as a whole section of the man's arm gets eviscerated by these thorns, and he he starts to cry out. Adair, I'm going to give you a moment, because you realize that Ikauk isn't somebody who doesn't get answers when he wants them from someone, especially if he's willing to go to these extremes. Mm-hmm. Is there any way that you think Adaru would be able to stop this man from absolutely saying there's a village because he's about to? I can absolutely because make it Because he calc rolled a nat 20 to cause pain. I can absolutely make this worse. Your call, man. I thought you'd be saying we wasn't like the primacy, but here we are, a group of druids in the woods, torturing some dumb buffoon instead of simply following his tracks. Do you torture a deer to ask where the herd is as well? Or do you use your eyes and your nose? He stands See? up. I told you. I told roll, you I can make it worse. Roll a, um, is that a persuasion? I guess it's a persuasion. It's a talk shit roll. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like persuasion is talking shit. You want an outcome from somebody. Not one of my better, not one of my better mods. That's a 13. He stands up straight and he looks at you briefly. I would not ask the deer where the deer are, but I would throw fish into the river to catch more. And then he turns back to it and 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 uh, bends close to the man, and you hear the guy whimper and and like start they start to whisper to each other. And then he closes his eyes. And he stands back up. And he looks at you and he says, "Are you sure you're telling me everything you know, Adero?" I I've answered every question he asked. There are more of them. I 
Soldier, then I just let's found about them. follow those tracks you mentioned. They go that way. To their tiny shit hovel. Roll to make the boss look bad. You're not. <laughs> like, I don't think that makes the boss look bad. It gets you in trouble, that's fine. Because the point is to distract, right? Yeah. Uh, well, th their goal is to distract them and undermine them in front of the shifters. Because fuck these guys, they're dicks. You know what? If it, it, let, 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 Let's retake this, because it's important to know what the goal is. I'm going to roll... You, you rolled a persuasion check against him. I'm going to go ahead and roll charisma saves for the shifters to see which of them gets affected by what you've done now. Yeah, you said you got a 13? Yeah. Okay. Because in Adair's mind, this guy is acting exactly like a primacy uh, inquisitor, which is supposed sure. to be what we're not cool with. Yeah. Um. You watch as about, like, even though that, that interaction seemed like it didn't go well for you, and in the end, he's gonna ignore what you're saying. You watch as, like, some of the shifters do change, like, they've been staring, like, dead at, like, you as he, like, chews you out, and they've been, like, looking at you like, oh, better him than me, except for when you make that comment about them, their behavior, and you see, like, Maynard, and you see Teddy, and you see the Pangolin Arthur. They all look back at Ikauk to see what his response is going to be, and they don't look like they're very happy with it. But then everybody starts to get moving, and you guys start heading toward the camp. And now we're going to switch over to Nine. To be clear, I don't provide directions until I am asked. Sure. Alright, Nine. Hi. You just found some treasure, found a cool little room. Point one, got a phone call, listened to a story. Didn't tell you about it, though. That was for him only. All you heard was he, him tell them to take him off the call list. <laughs> What's that about? You guys are back up top, and you're, you're, you've the other priests have gathered around uh, nine, and Athos is like has started to to chat with you, and he's like, "So it's it's actually quite impressive that you're um that I can heal you. You're you're supposed to just be a a, a construct. Constructs are not. You have to repair them. They don't heal. Uh, the fact that I can heal you implies that you might have a life force. Some of us might even call that a soul. Yeah, this is uh." This is news to me, too. I didn't know that could be done. <laughs> Can't. Uh, but he looks like, like, he's just very excited. Everything that is sentient. There are mo many of us who believe that, that all sentient things have souls. Even sentient undead have, in theory, a soul. Though that may be corrupted or misplaced. But the soul are still we, existed for it. Are we sure that you're not just really powerful? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, I am a, I am a, a low-level priest in a backwater town that's gotten out of hand. I don't the, know, you just healed a robot. The Church of Moors did not send their best <laughs> to run this church, believe me. Okay, but thank you for your help. No, no problem. Um, saved us a lot of, of conversation, actually. I, if Finn has told me that you're different, and I've just been curious what that meant, but... This this sums it up rather nicely. <laughs> it's exciting. Um, dangerous. Well, is there anything I can do to repay you for helping me? No, I, I, as a priest, I don't ever ask for repayment. If you want, you can donate to any of our churches. That's always appreciated. We aren't doing great nowadays, but that's not required. Uh, as you guys are talking, Finn Boggy is kind of shuffling side to side, like, nervously. And, like, I don't, I don't know if we are, if you're aware, but we did make quite a bit of a racket. 
I don't know if we should hang around here for too long. Um, and as he says that, the, um, the, uh, the priestess, the half-elven priestess that you met shows up. Uh, you know her as the priestess of the Church of Balthan, uh, steps up to you. It's like, uh, actually, along those notes, um, a, a young boy came in looking during the commotion and then ran off. I'm worried that he might be trying to collect the reward for information that the primacy pays. Oh. Yeah, we, we should go, then. Uh, we may have caused you guys more trouble than we helped with. Okay, um, when I can, I'm gonna come back and help repair some of the damage that I did, okay? If you wish to do any work with us, we are more than welcome. Uh, the work is always available around here. If you don't come, we'll get it done ourselves. If you do come, may the blessings of Balthan be upon you. I'll be back. Thank you. Alright, so yeah, you leave, and Atto sort of looks around, and the, 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 the priest that helped you, and he's like, I'm, I'm actually gonna come with you. Um, let's go. Uh, if anybody questions us, we can, uh, maybe, uh, being with a priest will help get you out of any trouble. And you guys quickly beat it out of Penance Row and head back toward Finbogi's place. As you guys move back through the town, uh, you hear people chatting. You hear people talking. Apparently there's some sort of news that is sweeping through the town. And before you can, like, try to dial in on what anybody says, your yun phone goes off. And you hear the following message. Nobody? Hi. Welcome to Nine Phone. Here's a commercial for one of the products. Hello? Is this thing on? People of Celestian, I'm speaking to you all again over this unsecured line. Some of you may have heard that Griffinport has entered negotiations for peace. Rumors will soon circulate that Griffinport has lost a major battle. This is over-exaggerated and untrue. The Primacy is afraid of us. If we keep up this war, they cannot win on two fronts. It will only be a matter of time before they can no longer support their costly conquest. The free city of Griffinport does not support this so-called peace treaty. No one in the fields will surrender their weapons. All of us still believe this fight is worth winning. Celestia will remain free whatever the cost. Trust not the Primacy. Stay fighting. Long live a free world. Eternally yours. The Demon of Griffinport. Signing out. And you hear that, and you see a few looks at you, because a jailbroke message just came out of your fucking yun phone in the middle of the street. Luckily, you're not in a hyper-crowded part of the street, but Atos and Finbogi just sort of glance at you, and then, like, every you all shuffle a little faster to Finbogi's place. Uh, I, I don't know what that was. That wasn't... I didn't do that. Um, you, you we're getting, just starting to get the, um... Apotheosis controls the channels, but you guys have jailbroke the phone, you're getting anybody's messages. So, it's, it's a good thing. I had heard rumors that a big battle had happened. Griffinport lost something important. And, uh, that kind of confirms it. Peace? Uh, as you guys go into Finboggy's place, you, you, you see him very concerned with the concept that Griffinport might sign a peace treaty with the Primacy. If they're gonna sign any kind of peace treaty... I wouldn't think they'd sign anything unless they freed Santitas from primacy control, but he's looking around. <laughs> it certainly doesn't feel like that's going to happen. I don't... I didn't know all this was going on. You didn't know there was wars going on on multiple fronts, huh? I mean, yes, I know there's... there's wars going on, but I don't know, like, you know, the bigger politics of everything. I kind of just do what I'm told. For a long time. The primacy is at war with everyone right now. Most notably Valeria, because they've been at war with them for hundreds of years before this, the Troubles even began. But also now, with Griffinport, as they've slowly taken more and more land from the heart of Celestian. When they took over Santidas during the first big battle, 
quietly and sneakily, I might add. No one saw the loss of Santitas, and with the loss of Santitas and the devastation that happened in Griffinport during the Time of Trouble, they weren't in a good position to fight back against the Primacy, so the Primacy just sort of walked in and took a lot of the border towns. When they finally did get their feet back under them after rebuilding Griffinport and getting their armies back, it was almost too late. They've been fighting a losing fight ever since. Um, the council up there is doing the best they can, and then they really didn't get a foot underneath them until this so-called demon of Griffinport popped up and uh, rallied a lot of the, uh, the people into a fighting force. And now they've been guerrilla warfighting everyone in the primacy since. So they were able to do all this because of Martha's help? The primacy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Santitas has been untouchable. Everything on the, uh, the eastern front over here, and anywhere that she, that we put beings like you, the people have a hard time fighting against Warforged. You're a walking bulwark. Not to mention the fact the primacy controls most of the firearms. They're still using crossbows and bows against you. Griffinport's been doing well, but it's only a matter of time. And if, if Griffinport, the, the council of Griffinport, the governors, signs a peace treaty with the primacy, then this demon won't have any ability to keep... They'll have nothing backing them. The, the, their armies will fall apart. The people won't follow them. Any, it's a rebellion they're fighting, not a war. What little they've got is that they've got the sanction of the government. It'll kill morale. So, was this... I don't... This is all her... This isn't the maker's goals, though, right? She's just, like, working for someone? Not... Uh, Atos... Uh, nine. Not nine. Goals aren't that important. If outcomes are still the way they are. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. You've heard this, yes? Yeah. It doesn't matter what her goals are. We hope her goals aren't this awful, but she's never done anything good for general people. I see. How long do we have until they come, Finbagi? They've been gone three, four days. We heard that they were going to be here in, what, eight? Give a take. Atlas goes, who's going to be here? Finn just sort of like, <laughs> yeah. Finn, Finn kind of looks at him like, mm, like I don't know if I should tell him any anything. My friends. Oh, okay. I guess I've walked into something private. Um. Well, we can talk about things that aren't politics for a moment. Yeah, no, you, we, we, I appreciate your help, and I want to repay you, but also it may not be safe for you to stay around us. He 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 kind of looks around and he's like, if a priest doesn't get into a little bit of trouble. Is he even a good priest? Oh, I like this guy. <laughs> do you have any questions about the nature of the soul? Sure, do I have one? <laughs> I can't. It's the one thing we've never been able to do is really prove that they exist other than things without souls we assume can't be returned to living. We have the ability to bring people back to the life with a lot of money and effort. The strongest of us, anyway. It has been known to happen. It's never worked with anything that does not have a soul, or whose soul is, um, we've called it untethered. Uh, when a creature of the material plane dies, their spirit is untethered from the material plane, now free to break the barrier that was placed upon our world. Their soul travels first into a gray plane, where it is processed, in my belief, by the god Morse. This process often means sending a soul to live with its deity or other form of heaven whether that be to the realm of their deity or to a hell. Though a soul can, in theory, be sent anywhere, a soul is incorporeal and its attachment to its previous life 
is the only thing keeping it from dispersing back into the creation energy that it was built from. What? Um... Too technical? What is assault? Priests believe that it is the most pure form of yourself. That the body is but a vessel at any time for the true thing that is you. And the thing that is you, if you possess a soul, is undestroyable. But soul, souls are a thing that are reserved for, like, the living. <laughs> so, like, well, you have a soul. A body, the body has a soul. Yes. The maker has a soul. Reyes can them, but, like, animals? Yes. Uh, the Numenites do not believe as such, but yes, I, I believe that animals have souls. But not, like, constructs. Until today, I would have said no. But we learn something new every day. And in my experience, things without souls cannot be healed. I'm not sure if that's the reason that, you know, skeletons, undead, mindless, created from bone, driven by necromantic, raw magic. I can't heal them. To heal them is to harm them. They're... they don't work that way. You'd think that, okay, maybe it's just the undead that can't be healed, or... and maybe it has nothing to do with the soul. Maybe the soul still exists somewhere. Or is still attached. We hope not. With the undead, that would be horrible. Uh, and then constructs. There's no living being attached to them. They are mindless, for the most part. He points at you. Uh, and we can't heal them either. So that is just sort of the theory that we've had, is that things without souls cannot be healed. The true test, I suppose, would be, should you die, can we even bring you back? Well, hopefully we don't find out soon. <laughs> Ryan, dig yeah. me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. How... How are you going to do a fact about this? This is conjecture, <laughs> sir. So all he has to do is call up a demon and offer to make a deal for his soul. This is not... <laughs> if Fuck the off. demon says no deal, question answered. If the demon says Fuck deal, out of here. This is not fucked. a fact. But question he wants answered. to do a reverse warlock pact, if you will. This is getting cut out. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm not the even demon, gonna. I'm not even gonna demon, give that a second ding. The, the demon shows up to Ryan and gives uh, shows up to nine, gives nine a soul, and and the and then nine gives him a thump gun that is similar to Eldritch Blast. <laughs> it's a reverse warlock pact, if you will. Hell yeah, the old reverse warlock pact. I give you a soul, and you give me uh. the ability to do D10 damage. Yeah, uh, reincarnation is very fascinating. Um, the priests of my order higher up the chain can can sometimes bring somebody back if they're willing to, and, well, frankly, we can afford it. But what's more interesting is that the, uh, there's rumors that the druids themselves could reincarnate as other creatures. But the person involved is still there, and that is one of the reasons why we believe soul houses the true essence of, of a person. So all I have to do is execute nine in cold blood, then resurrect her, and we'll have our answer. Yes. Which <laughs> is random fact. That one <laughs> is true, technically. I see. Okay, well, I don't, we don't have a lot of time to keep talking about this, I don't think. We have to prepare, right, Fimbagi? Um, yeah, yeah, we gotta prepare. A Atos, I appreciate that you want to talk, but Nine's right. We, sh we should go. You should go. We, we are not safe to be around. Do me a favor, since you, you hear from the people more than me. Let me know if, uh, if the, uh, the train has arrived recently. Let me know when Martha's back in town. Yeah? Here, take this. I give him a nine phone. You just have another one? Yeah, I'll give him mine. I've got point one right here. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he he looks at it. Okay, sure, sure. Um, if you're waiting for Martha to come in, I heard she came in back last night. What? Yes, the train came in early. Rask. Now Rask goes on to live a normal life. It's all over for Rask. <laughs> yeah, we, we disappear into the woods. You become a Blue Dawn member. Magic Reindeer wakes back up in a couple days and goes, what the shit? You get Zen. <laughs> yeah, Magic Reindeer joins Rask on his lack of adventures. Whole story changes. Whole story changes. Rask, full, you guys... Fully, fully invibes the crab. Yeah. You're traveling into the woods and you're heading north. And eventually, Carval kind of drops back to where you're at. Hey there. Hello. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> yes, he does look like a young, a young Ewan McGregor. Um, fuck yeah! <laughs> so hot as fuck. Hot as fuck. And, and I look probably as close to <laughs> fantasy Grievous as you might get. So let's go. <laughs> he looks. He's like, thank you for helping us get out of there. Uh, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. And he looks around like, pun not intended. But I scrunch. I furrow my brow. At that, yes, we are still potentially in danger. Yes. I'm taking them north, close to Santitas, because the south isn't safer. Everything south and west is absolute shifter territory. The circle circle controls so much of that, but I can't take them too far north. Eventually, we're going to run out of space to run. Do you have any ideas of what we could do? In theory, a town is the safest place, but... We'd have to pretend to not be who we are, and it's only a matter of time before we would get found out in primacy lands. But high walls are our friend. Do you think you could get us into Santitas safely? You you work I, for primacy, right? I can try to get you in where I came out over the fence in the poor district. He looks at, like, the, the traveling, like the hundred people traveling through these woods. I don't know if that will work for everyone. Just take him over I the garden don't wall. I think you can get through the gate without papers. Do you all have papers? None. They would be out of date. The only other thing I can think of is I was told that Griffinport is still out of primacy control. Based on some of the rumors I've heard, there is a lot happening there. But at least you wouldn't be under as much danger. He, he, he shakes his head. Most, a lot of my people are from Griffinport lands. They came here to avoid the war going on in the area. We seek peace here. He wants to head back into the battlefield. I look at him sternly, straight in his eyes, and, and I go, There is no safety here. Everywhere the primacy touches brings danger, and everywhere there's danger is a War zone. If you are against the primacy, we are against no one. That's kind of the whole point of peace. But I understand your 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 counsel. Where if should we you go? You are not you want for to... them. To them, you are against them. Join or fight are the options. If you wish to escape, find some place they're not. But in my travels, that is hard to achieve. He blinks, and he looks at you kind of sadly, and he just says, They were not where we were. Yes, because of the circle. And now, the circle is where you were, likely. I would say 
make friends with the circle, but as I have met some of them, I'm aware that is difficult. We've tried in the past. It didn't work. That's hence the barrier. He looks at you like suddenly when he says the barrier and his eyes go wide and he goes, we don't need to escape them. We don't need to escape here. Go on. We have a circle around our land that repels shifters. We don't need to leave the center. We need to leave the center of the circle, but that doesn't mean we have to go outside of it. We can follow the line. As he speaks, yellow S-shapes move across my skin, which then turn into red spots. And I go, yes. We can hide in the barrier between the two factions. If you can hide in the borders, stay moving in the barrier. They likely will never find you, but they may discover your means of barrier. Do you have a way to reproduce this? Given time, yes, I make them. They make them every day. You will need more. Yeah, you guys shift where everyone is running a little bit to to meet to uh, actually kind of double back uh, uh, and get into the mile barrier that I've described. And quickly, you find that every mile, as before, you find these sticks, and you guys just sort of start traveling in this big, like circle. In the meantime. Carval asks you to talk to a few of his remaining peacemakers and teach them how to move through these woods without leaving. Like, can you show them, how, can you show us how to move carefully, quietly, leave few tracks? I can do my best. In return, maybe we can teach you a few of our tricks as well. And he kind of nods at one of the men, and you recognize this as the, the dude you stabbed earlier during the fight. And he walks up to you, and Carval gives him a nod, and Carval goes off to do other things with the people, and leaves you with this man. And he, and he steps up and is like, Greetings. Well met. Greetings. I hope you bear no ill will. Oh, this? It was only a life-threatening wound. I'm okay now. Life-threatening is the only way I know how to wound. Well, we can work on that if you can teach me how to not leave such deep tracks. How did you see me when we were out there? I thought I was hidden really well. Yes, well... When you know how to hide, you know how to find the hidden. Sure. Show me. Watch. And then I'm gonna do a thing. You do a thing. You show him stuff. And we do a little montage. as you, we, leave, we leave you all with a little montage of you showing him woodcraft and stealth. And him showing you... Uh, he he kind of gives you like these little ser- semi-sermons about like how to incapacitate people without killing them. <laughs> I nod. And every once in a while, just say, but that seems less effective. He, he, the, the one thing he does tell you that piques your interest, though, is pressure points. He tells you where vitals are that you actually aren't as familiar with. He, like, he tells you about universal things across races where it's like, if you hit them in this location, you will discombobulate and disorient them. You don't even need a knife. Do it with a knuckle. Interesting. And while that's going on, Aderu and the <laughs> Shifters... Are moving at a frightening pace over land. Adaru, you're one of the faster shifters in your bunch, but shifters are not slow in difficult terrain. Like they know these woods. As you said before, these are our woods. And uh they are moving across this landscape. You are certain faster than that party of of clueless yokels is running away. Um what is Adaru up to? As He's being kept essentially near uh, Odinrot and Kauk. Uh Odinrot is carrying the Peacemaker like over his shoulder, like a bundle of sticks. Mm-hmm. 
as everybody is running. Uh, so who's leading? Like, who's tracking or what? How are we following them? Um, I'm gonna say that there's no tracking yet. Like, no, you, there were no tracks other than your own, and you were picked up and flown by Odenrot. So at this point, you're just sort of heading out into the plains. Um, the one thing that happens is that you guys cross, as the rest of the shifters cross this one location, you watch that a couple, like, you guys have fanned out, and some of them have, like, trailed off, and they quickly find the hole that you had made into this area, but they don't seem to understand, like, they just sort of like, what the fuck are you doing over there? And they, like, get, get them all in, and just sort of by nature of all trying to head in the same direction, they do make it through that one mile of terrain. But... Otherwise, there's nothing to track yet. They're just heading that way. Okay. There's your tracks. Yours and Reyes, I suppose. That That's true. There's yours and Reyes' tracks. I'm, uh, a I'm, that's a problem. I'm, I'm putting the dick boss on blast. I'm going right. to let him work this out. Like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just going to let him work it out. So David just follows quietly until... Uh... Okay. I'm going to say that there are four shifters in particular who are good at tracking, along with... I'm going to say Ugulp, the, 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 the dwarf. And... You get a little nervous at one point because they find tracks. They find your tracks. They find your Rayisk and the and point two's tracks. And you see that he points out your footprints and he's like, I found tracks. They're shifter tracks. And one of the and then like as you see that, you note that you're standing right on where Rayisk and point two were, because they were traveling like literally together, right? We, we said yeah. that before. And you just sort of scuff them with your foot quietly. Because they rolled a five for their tracking. They only find your tracks. Yes, you found me tracks. Well done, then. Though in fairness, I wasn't really hiding them. So they are yours. If we follow them, what will we find? Uh, the, I only have one path of tracks, right? Yeah. Th this was from uh, this was from when we went to the town. It's not this like... Because we walked around yeah. a shit ton. Yeah. Well, if memory serves, this is the tracks that led to where I found their little shit hovel. you save us a lot of time if you took us there. But your brilliant interrogation, surely that told you everything you need to know. But or did your Inquisitor's brutality yield nothing? Odinrot puts his hand on your shoulder, almost tenderly. I know that you've been through a lot, but if you speak to the High Druid like this, there's no crime that you could be exonerated of that will protect you from his anger. You need to dial it back. There, I, I nod. Yeah, and you do, and, and, as, and as you nod and you look back, you see that a cow is just sort of simmering when you talk to him that way. And Odenrot says, I picked him up coming back to us. He was coming to tell us everything. I think he's just a little hot-headed. I nod. <laughs> Will you show us where the town, where the village is? Of course. Come on, lead away. And the arrow just goes that way. Not particularly quickly, he just walks in that direction. You guys come across the scattered feast, the left-behind collapsed uh, teepees and stuff. And uh, Ikaut looks at you all, or looks at you. It seems that they knew we were coming at their route, that you warned them. I told you I was here. They knew I was here. And yet they don't want shifters here. Well, no. How'd you get away? With my feet, I walked. Well, ran a bit most of it, to be fair. Then how'd they know to leave? Did they see you? Yes. In that field a wee bit back, I engaged with their peacekeepers. That one be included. They found me, I found them. I thought I had the element of surprise, I didn't. They knew I was here. They knew I was leaving. Where did they go? And he kind of, he, he, he's saying it to the peacemaker. And he, he's just shaking his head. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where anybody went. They need, they knew they needed to leave. They must have left. They won't be hard to follow. Uh, Find baller. the tracks. Uh, Adairu drops balls. What do you Adairu, think? Uh, Adairu finds pearls and then clutches them. 
Okay. Uh, he shifts and then tracks. Okay. It's survival, right? Yeah. What's your goal? Fuck, I suck. Well, my goal was to roll more than a 10 out of two dice, but that didn't fucking happen. So with a 16, Aderu tracks and looks for the direction that they went. 16 is more than enough for Adairu to find the tracks. If you point them out, you guys are back on the trail. It's a so, whole bunch of people that went running, and Reyes so basically, did while, not try to hide it. While Ikauk is, is fucking around with the captive again, Adairu does the druid thing and just gets the answer. The, the druid way. The shifter way. Okay. Uh, and he doesn't give the answer, but he makes it clear that he's tracking. And yeah, then he, he just regroup. He rejoins the group. May Maynard rolls up uh, to you as, as you're heading back. Which way? Wh which way do we go? We defer to the judgment of the circle, of course. Do we? He looks at you, like we meaning you. A question I ask myself a lot there, friend. Their actions not always be aligning with their goals. Like this, the primacy stands strong and proud, and we chase these <laughs> wretched peasants through the woods as they scurry away from us like roaches. Is this our grand feat of power? To chase some old and some young and some weak through the woods? I kind of say. They slaughtered our people. They slaughtered our, our druids. Not these ones, no. I nearly slaughtered five of them myself in a miscommunication. But they were how know who? How many, how many did you lose when you fought the ones you found before? Did you lose anyone? A couple. That man they, there. Well, oh. they, they were alive. They didn't hurt anyone. That man there over, over his shoulder. That's their leader. That's their strongest fighter. They're pathetic. They're not a threat. They hide. They cower like babes. Who killed the circle? I kind of say. I was working to find that out when y'all showed up and started stirring things up in the mud. I need to buy myself time to get back to them because they may be having answers I ain't gotten yet. But if we go up and kill them all, then we be having nothing. I be out here looking for answers, but the circle out here be looking for naught but blood. But Daru, what did you find? I found tracks. Lead. Why? Why do we waste our time with these? You have on your shoulder there their most capable fighting men. And this one thrown over Oldenrath's shoulder? Is it the one who killed my brethren? I told you before, no, not these folk. Then where is the one? I don't know yet. I am still working on that. Then lead. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to get blood, or are you trying to get answers? Everyone looks at Ikauk. He, he He looks at everybody as they're all looking at him. And he, he, he finally says, Aderu, your counsel is wise. Odenrat, lead the war party. See if we can find these people so we can get our answers. Blood may be necessary, but answers first. In the meantime, Aderu, you will come with me and we will discuss a plan. I can tell you where they've went, but I am concerned that we are not looking for the right things. I will join you. No, you are probably right. There's no finer warrior than the one we caught. The pack will be fine without you and I. Let's go get on the same page. Of course. Roll insight, Adairu. Ha! I think I still have advantage on that. Yeah, you do. You're shifted. Now I can fuck this up with two dice. Like a boss. Hang on, where's insight? Oh, I add stuff at least. That's cool. Alright, we're gonna use Honky Chonker. Well, I add three to my eight. <laughs> but hey, at least I don't have to use my four. It, it seems to, it seems to you that he's calmed down a little bit, uh, but he's still very <laughs> cold dice. and stony. Uh, he he says, "Come, we'll discuss." He starts walking over to like a a small tree that's growing by by the stream. No, we're not streaming. We're recording. No, we're both. This is the guy that I've been dicking on, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, cruel world. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Bye, Adaru. Can't wait to see your next character. Uh, I would like to mention yeah. uh, that Point 2 <laughs> is still wandering around out yeah, there. Yeah, Point 2 somewhere. Yeah. Doing something. Uh, point 2, I'm going to say that Point 2 with with your lead, man, let's, let's, let's give Adaru this lifeline. Point 2, uh, you <laughs> are hidden literally near this tree and you see these two walking up. You've watched the party roll up and start searching the town or the, the, the camp and point two, you're hiding behind a rock near the stream by this tree when you see a Kauk and a Deru walking your way. I'm going to follow slowly behind and watch. Am I still at a 16 stealth? Uh, or you want me to roll again? No, no, I, I think I think a 16 is fine. Like we, we can okay. stick with the, the fact that you've been doing this the same thing the whole time. Nothing's changed. Ikauk rolls up to this tree, and you see him turn to Adaru. Adaru, why are you trying to undermine me? Because I be spending a long time with these primacy folk, long enough to be spending lots of time round their inquisitors, which hands down claws out, no doubt, the most evil among them. And I be seeing a lot of the way they act and what you be doing here, and I worry that you're clouded, clouded against your better goals. These words strike my very heart, Adaru. If I am clouded, then so are you. You've spent much time amongst these civilized people, these inquisitors you speak. And if we are both clouded, we will leave Odenrat, who has always shown great wisdom going forward, to lead this. You, I think it is time to take you back to the other druids, and finally, hold to trial. We will have you tell us what you know. You will inform us the things that we have missed, and see if we can forgive you for the murder of Sukul. It seems things have been far worse than we thought. Actions have been taken and actions have been done, but I have things that I need be doing. So I encourage you either let me do those things in three days' time. Do you really think it's more important than your continued standing with your brethren? Aye. Some things cannot wait, Adaru. And if they get resolved quickly, then we can put you back on your path with far more power and backing than you've had. Come. And he casts a spell on the tree. And you recognize something that you've seen once when a druid rolled into camp and took one of the uh, shifters away. This is tree stride. This is tree teleport. Oh, fuck. He's going to take you to the grove. I am not saying not to come with you, but in three days' time, I am planning to strike at the very heart of the primacy. I have information and usurpers and allies that will allow me to deal a blow to their leadership directly to their leadership, to kill some of those in charge. If your stories hold true, then I will back this. But first you must face the trial seasons. Come. May I may I pass phrase to Odenrot before we depart? What is it you wish to tell Odenrot? I have an asset that is with these villagers, if you would call them so much. I would like my asset protected, if not else. Quickly. Thank you. I shall return in brief. And uh, Adair just, like, jogs over to, to Odenrod. Point two, you hear all of that. Uh, what do you tell Odenrod? Odenrod, you're being left in charge. Oh, coke. yes, I, I figured that much. These people you pursue, they are no friend of the primacy. They are an untapped ally that we could use to lash out against them. They hid a slaughter, Adairu. They hid themselves near a slaughter. He nods. He closes his eyes and gives you, like, a solemn nod. Like, no, he gets it. Like, but he... I he, am not telling you... I, I kind of tell you how to proceed, but I have request. Among them, there's a strange and queer creature. Some sort of standing fish 
with arms like that of a, a crayfish. <laughs> if nothing else, let that one remain. It is an asset of mine, key to my plans to strike at the heart of the primacy in three days' time. You've met a Griskin. I travel with one, yes. I have positioned it against the primacy. He has to help me when they strike at their heart. I'll keep an eye out. I'll keep you up on a short leash. Thank you. Get out of here. You're in trouble. Go talk yourself out of it. You seem good at that. Of or course. not. Actually, you seem horrible at it. I wish you the best, kid. As do I. Adair leaves. Um, I think... <sighs> fuck. While Adaru is gone talking to Odin Rot, uh... Wait, what was your self-roll? 16. 16? Oh, I straight up just see you. I'm a <laughs> passive 16 right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck. I kind of. Thank I, God. I, yeah, I think I think you uh, you you noticed him like poke his head up over the rock at one point. You know, point two's around. Um, uh, Ikauk has his like brow furrowed and his eyes closed. It looks like the act of keeping this spell. Uh, he was hoping that we'd just walk through the portal, but now we've taken a moment, and he's like trying <laughs> to hold on to it, so he's very distracted. Uh, is he, like, I assume he's, like, watching Adaru and them, though, right? Uh, yeah. Half, half-heartedly. half He doesn't expect Adaru to run, or he doesn't think Adaru would get far if he did. He'd get that, like, 12-foot head start, and that'd be about but it. But he's distracted. He's not yeah, he's looking very, the, at the portal. The point being, he's distracted, yes. I'm going in. Perfect. That's it. Adaru follows. Let's go with him. Adaru comes back, and Ikauk turns his head away from the portal to look at you, and that's when fucking point two makes his move. And uh, sneaks in, and you guys go through the portal to go speak to the druids in the heart of Silveria. It's time to go meet the rest of the Broken Circle. Hey Tavern Goers, thanks again for listening to Torchlit Tavern. Today's tale featured Mitchell Travis as Atheru, Jeffrey Lisk as Rayask, Ryan Santos as Number 9, and Jameson Oxford as the Dungeon Master. You can follow us and interact with us on Twitter at Torchlit Tavern, or email us with any of your most pressing questions at torchlittavern at gmail.com. You can also find our entertainers on the streets of twitch.tv slash torchlittavern, yelling obscenities at passersby. If you enjoyed our tale, you can tip your storytellers as you leave the tavern, which you can do via patreon.com backslash torchlittavern. Every little bit helps, and those who tip well and often can find themselves privy to an extra story or two, jokes, or maybe even a bit of hidden lore. Our story continues to grow all the time, and though we have no designs on a vast empire, your help is always appreciated. Our theme music for this campaign was designed by the bard, Brett Eagleston. Get his music at breadeagleston.bandcamp.com or find links for all his projects by following Bread Eagles on Twitter. 
This episode was edited and produced by Jameson Oxford and Ryan Santos. Other music and sound effects are provided by Epidemic Sound with help from freesound.org. And if you should find yourself surrounded by eager ears and attentive listeners, remember to tell good stories. I'm sure this will be completely fine. I'm sure everything's solid. No opportunity for failure here. We are good.